All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. America and happy Sunday. Yep, it's time for our normal Sunday show. Get the newspaper out, get the coffee out, put the earbuds in. Let's have a good show today. Boy, do we have some great guests for you. Some of the big newsmakers on the newscast on the front lines of history last week. Congresswoman Claudia Tenney from the great state of New York is kicking us off today. Has lots to talk about, whether it's abortion or immigration or all of the crazy spending that Democrats are trying to force through Congress. Then second up, Congressman Rodney Davis of Illinois, a man who has done more than anyone else I've seen in Congress to try to get the truth out about what Nancy Pelosi, what the Capitol Police, what the minders of the United States Capitol knew about the threat of violence before January 6, 2021, and failed to act upon. He's going to be here to talk about that. Then we're going to take you out to Indiana, where a lot of news has occurred from the terrible illegal alien who raped a 10-year-old girl in Indiana who then was secreted to get an abortion, to that heroic shooter we talked about yesterday on the podcast who neutralized a mass shooter in the first seconds before he could kill a lot of victims. Indiana Attorney General Todd Rakeet is going to talk about all of that, constitutional carry, abortion, immigration, you name it, we got it. And then Marjorie Taylor Greene, Going to talk a little bit about all the antics that Democrats and liberals have had in the halls of Congress, defacing posters, running skits, trespassing, and the latest thing, tearing down one of her posters and destroying it just because they disagreed with the message. Very powerful story about what Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene calls a hostile workplace in Congress. You're going to want to listen to that. And then we're going to finish out the day with one of the true security experts in the country, former Homeland Security Secretary. Chad Wolf. What a great show. Let's not waste any time. Let's take a quick commercial break here from our great advertisers and sponsors, and we'll kick you right in. Starting off with Claudia Tenney, the Congresswoman from the great state of New York. Hey, folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected 
for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Good evening, America, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of Just the News, Not Noise. Joining you right here from a sweltering Washington, D.C. Yes, the dog days of summer have arrived in Washington. I'm your host, John Solomon. Amanda, how are you doing? Uh, you know, I'm okay, although I can't say that the weather is all that bad over here in Los Angeles today. I better digress before I jinx it, though, because it's <laughs> quite mild and lovely. I'm your co-host, Amanda Head. Uh, interesting news day today, and one that is quite literally all over the place. Now, John, I know that you have some new developments to the recent story that you broke regarding uh, late-night comedian, or as some might refer to him, a clown, Stephen Colbert's crew of nine that were arrested in the Capitol complex recently. 
But before we get to that, I want to dive into some impactful news at the top of the hour as the Ukrainian first lady made a historic visit to Biden's White House. Russian President Vladimir Putin looks to make an alliance with Iran as he visits the region for the first time since the beginning of the war with Ukraine. And in some other revealing news, the southern border remains wide open as Department of Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas says it's secure. Now, while illegal immigrants have the opportunity to infiltrate our country through Mexico, Biden's State Department refuses to redesignate Houthi rebels as terrorists. It's amazing what our country has devolved into in just two short years, but some elections that we'll be discussing later may point to brighter days ahead. John, let's hope. Yeah, a lot of Americans are rooting for brighter days ahead. They're certainly feeling it at the gas pump, the food store, and everywhere else, and also in the crime in their local communities. Really amazing. Uh, well, a little bit on that Stephen Colbert story. Late last night, we were able to get a letter that the Capitol Police chief sent to Congress, which, in which the chief, Thomas Manger, said he was unhappy with the decision by federal prosecutors to not bring charges against the Colbert Nine, the nine producers that repeatedly went into congressional office buildings without permission, where, it was, where they were kicked out once, they were repeatedly told they couldn't be there unless they had the appropriate escort. They did it anyways. The, uh, the chief said he was very upset about that, uh, thought it was an unfortunate decision to be made. Uh, meanwhile, we learn a lot more about what they're doing. And here's the funny part about it, or maybe not the funny part. Democrats were trying to ignore this. It turns out it was a Democratic congressman's staffer, uh, Jamal Bo, uh, uh, Bowman staffer, who actually called and said, I'm scared. These are these people yelling outside. The guy locked his door. He made an emergency call, 911 call to the Capitol Police. When they got there, they found... Colbert's team making a lot of noise, making threatening actions like saying, I'm going to slip something under your door to the Congress offices. Uh, they were far from being compliant. And this wasn't just a case of first degree puppetry, as Stephen Colbert did. Very interesting. Democrats are concerned for the Capitol Police, except when one of their own favorite icons, well, foils the Capitol Police. Well, we'll have more on that later in the show. Our first guest, of course, is a colleague of Congressman Bowman, also from the great state of New York. And she has continued to shed light on the security of our nation's capital complex. She is Congresswoman Claudia Tenney. Congresswoman, great to have you on the show. Great to be on. Great to see you, Amanda, as well. Um, we have a capital uh, complex that clearly isn't as secure as we've been led to believe. If Stephen Colbert can get in two or three times and nobody knows, uh, and the police can't even get people prosecuted when they don't follow lawful instructions, what does it say about the security in one of our most important institutions? Well, this is all Nancy Pelosi's uh, world because she runs everything. And I can tell you, I just went on a tour of the Capitol uh, with some people, some constituents, and uh, we had to keep asking Capitol Police and they had to go to the supervisor and find out actually what the rules are. So the rules are really just very unclear and it's a lack of leadership by Nancy Pelosi and confusion and the Capitol Police have to report to, to Nancy Pelosi. People were, were uh, you know, they've been terrific to us, the Capitol Police. And what this shows you, though, the fact that they wouldn't even consider prosecuting the so-called Colbert Nine who were disrupting and causing problems in the Capitol after, you know, we, we're so vulnerable, we've got to crack down on this, right? I mean, we I have to go pick up ambassadors with interns and drive them and walk them up to my office because they're so dangerous or or just constituents or people have been coming to visit us for, for decades. So, you know, the big thing that I see, though, is Mayor Garland chose not to prosecute them. He stepped in politically from a very, very partisan political Department of Justice, decided not to prosecute 
Oh, but guess what? We prosecuted parents who are concerned about their children and were attempting to try to bring that bring them down when they went to intended school board meetings and were thrown out in Virginia recently. So this is a, you know, really just a, a two tiered system. If you're a Democrat and you're in the good side, you don't get prosecuted. You're fine, especially if you're one of, you know, a Colbert, you know, Trump critic, critic or anti-Republican, you're fine. But if if you come in, uh, you know, if you're a just a, a Colbert person, then, you know, you can do whatever you want. They're not going to prosecute you. I'm so glad that the Capitol Police, though, stood up and took a stand and realized that this lack of leadership, the confusing rules, uh, the inconsistent uh, application of the rules uh, really tells you that they do want to do a good job. They really take their job and their oath seriously to keep us safe. And uh, this is, again, all on Nancy Pelosi and Merrick Garland. Yeah, and, and what's amazing is that they do want something to be done, and it, it's kind of a, a reflection of what we see in big cities as well, where you have police departments who are making arrests, and then you have these these DAs who, who don't file charges, there's no bail, nothing. And, and when I look at what's happening at the Capitol, I, I don't want anything to happen to any member of Congress, whether they have an R or a D next to their name, matters not to me. But it seems to me that the way one of the best ways that you can prevent this from happening is with structures of deterrence. And I think the best structure of deterrence is repercussions. And yet, as you highlighted, no charges filed. Um, what message does this send to people who may want to come to the Capitol to harm maybe both parties? It doesn't really matter, does it? Well, yeah, I mean, look, at, just go back to the uh, congressional baseball practice where a Bernie Sanders supporter targeted Steve Scalise and the Republican members. You don't see the Republicans out there, uh, you know, calling for anything other than let's all stick together. Let's support the Capitol Police. Let's do it better next time. Let's do an investigation, make us safe. And all the reasonable people believe in that. It's some of these uh, partisans uh, on the far left and even Nancy Pelosi herself who can't control the Democrats and who's also an abuser of power. I mean, she's she's the one that's in charge. She's the one that's causing this problem. And that's why you see See this lack of leadership, lack of respect for police, the you know the defunding, uh, the demoralization of police all around our country, rising crime rates, and Nancy, and it's she's just typical of these leftist leaders across the country who've tried to you know who aren't keeping us safe. Just it's all based on common sense. It's just common sense and basic safety. Police are very well trained. The Capitol Police are trained. They want to keep us safe. They don't want inconsistent rules, and they don't want uh, certainly partisan rules to protect some and not others. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, law enforcement works best when there is consistency to the rules and people know they got to abide by them. I want to stay with the Capitol baseball game for a second. It's coming up. Climate protesters have just announced they're going to target that game to make a splash to get their point across. Is there a disincentive for a protester or someone who wants to make a political point now to disobey the uh, orders of a Capitol police officer because they just saw Stephen Colbert get away with it? Is that the danger of the message that the Justice Department sends here? Certainly, when you have a two-tiered system or multiple-tiered system and it's partisan, it's based on who's a favorite. Look at Just look at the situation with the Supreme Court justices. Yeah. Uh, the Democrats encouraged people to go to the uh, homes of the Supreme Court justices of direct violation of federal statute and, and try to intimidate them during the deliberations of big cases. This is unacceptable. Look, we have free speech all over this country, and you can go just about anywhere. But to be intimidating and loud and obnoxious and really to intend to disrupt is something that's important. And Nancy Pelosi refused to even enforce that law. It, we had to wait over the weekend. These people were clanging and banging on on, uh, the, on drums in front of uh, 
uh, Amy Coney Barrett's house, uh, Justice Amy, Amy Coney Barrett, uh, Justice Kavanaugh, Justice uh, uh, the other justices, Justice Thomas. Everybody was under siege because they were concerned, Justice Alito, about these d- important decisions coming down, which really were about constitutional issues and really didn't change uh, to the level that the Democrats are portraying them as. So I, mean, I feel like at this point, yeah, we have people are going to be incentivized and they think they're not going to get in trouble. Why not? Go ahead. If I'm a Democrat and I'm objecting uh, to what, you know, these principles and the Democrats agree with me and Nancy Pelosi is a Democrat who controls uh, the Capitol and the Capitol Police, you know, they're going to test the rules and they're going to push the envelope and and hopefully get away with it, you know, even with their hypocrisy on this climate change issue, which which many of them are just are, are destroying the American people. They don't even want to realize the harm and the cruelty of, of their policies and what they're doing to the average American. Yeah. yeah, I think it's an unfortunate symptom of our culture, a culture that uh, has no fear of any repercussions and just feels at liberty to do whatever they want, break the rules. And it's, it's very sad to see. I wanted to ask you about uh, the bill that was passed, Respect for Marriage Act, that effectively, well, I guess formally repeals 1996 uh, DOMA, Defense of Marriage Act. It was voted in favor by 47 of your colleagues, your Republican colleagues. Wanted to get your comments on that. Yeah, this is one of those bills. It was a trap by the Democrats to try to get everybody's eyes off the ball, which is inflation, high gas prices, the disaster at the border, the disaster in Europe, uh, the malaise in the economy, and, and to get us focused on cultural issues. This bill was a trap. It didn't matter. Uh, the bill we are, you know, the Obergefell decision, which has, was on the gay marriage decision, was not in jeopardy. It was very clear from Justice Alito's decision that the, this would be precedent and it would not be taken up. That the uh, the decision with Dobbs did not lead uh, to this potential overturning of Obergefell decision, the gay marriage decision. And just because Justice Thomas had a concurring opinion, that is not law. The law was Justice Alito, Justice Alito's main decision. This was very clear. But the Democrats want to get us off topic, want to do a gotcha bill. And honestly, I think that I respect the president of Bergefell. I support the fact that these same-sex couples uh, got the rights that they got in that dis- after over- already De- Defense of Marriage Act was overturned by that, legis- or by that Supreme Court case. This was really just much ado about nothing, and it was an attempt to federalize um, our rights and anything now that could come up. The Democrats are going to go bypass the committee process, which is what they did. Mm-hmm. I have a bill, H.R. 255, which states that we should go back to regular order, making sure the people get their representatives the information they need, which means these not types enough. of bills need to go to the committee of jurisdiction. And then we come to the floor. Yep. So this was all uh, just disregarded by Pelosi and the Democrats. And this was a trap bill. It sure was. Well, we're going to see a lot more of that. If I have a family feeling going into the fall election. Congresswoman, great to have you in the show. Wow, what a great interview. So fun to have Amanda and I have that discussion. We're going to be right back with more interviews just like that one. Hey folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. 
You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Good evening, America, and welcome to this Friday edition of Just the News, Not Noise. Joining you live from Washington, D.C., I'm your host, John Solomon, with some very big breaking news. Just a short time ago, a D.C. jury found Steve Bannon guilty on two misdemeanor charges of contempt of Congress. This is the first time someone was found, uh, has been convicted of a criminal contempt in decades of Congress. And while Democrats are celebrating today's verdict, this may be a case of watch what you fish, wish for, especially if Republicans get control of oversight committees next year. Amanda, what are you thinking about this? You know, that is as shocking as the electric fence around Nancy's Napa compound. <laughs> Quite frankly, uh, I believe this goes right along the lines of what our guests, like former U.S. Attorney David Sullivan, said yesterday, as did uh, Chief of Staff Mark Meadows numerous times on the show and so many others. It is a defining moment in our nation's political history that enforces the unfortunate reality that we currently have a two-tiered political justice system operating within our Department of Justice. Now, the question that remains to be seen is how former Trump advisor Peter Navarro will hold up in exactly what case his defense team will put up. As we saw within the last few days, Bannon's team didn't put up a defense, nor did he take the stand. So, John, we will have to wait and see if Navarro and any other conservatives this may happen to in the future do the same thing. And since it is open season on conservatives these days, I am coming to you from an undisclosed location somewhere <laughs> in Los Angeles proper, and that is the most specificity you're going to get from me. John, what else do you have brewing? <laughs> well, Amanda, Washington is still digesting the very last primetime hearing for the House January 6th Committee this summer. Democrats made their final effort to blame Donald Trump for the violence that day while ignoring some testimony to the Pentagon Inspector General that on January 3rd, 2021, three days before the riots, the president told his top military advisors he was worried about the protest and he ordered them to take whatever action necessary, including using the National Guard to ensure it was a peaceful event. You can see that testimony up on justthenews.com right now, even though it wasn't at the hearing last night. Uh, but without that going on, there's still a lot of unanswered questions in Washington. Uh, chief among them, why was a $600 million a year Capitol Police Force so easily overrun on January 6th? And why were countless warnings to police not heeded 
with a better security posture. There was a lot of warnings that violence was likely that day in the Capitol Police were clearly not ready for it. Our first guest has done a remarkable work to dig into that last question. He's Congressman Rodney Davis of Illinois, the top Republican on the House Administration Committee. Congressman, welcome to the show. Hey, John and Amanda, great to be with you. Honored to have you on, sir. You have done such extraordinary work, even though the Democrats aren't making a lot of the evidence available. I want to start with a question. There have been a recent spate of violence against uh, conservatives. We saw Lee Zeldin last night, the unfortunate event in New York. There were the threats and near assassination attempt on Justice Brett Kavanaugh. You yourself, of course, survived the 2017 baseball field shooting. You got another baseball game coming up. Liberals are vowing to use it as a climate protest. Are you confident in the security posture of Congress and have Democrats created a bad climate for safety right now? Well, I'm confident that the officers of the Capitol Police are going to do what David Bailey and Crystal Griner did along with the Alexandria Police in saving us just a few years ago on the baseball field. Uh, but Democrats, Democrats are just hypocrites when it comes to security, John and Amanda. You know, you have some of my colleagues that are Democrats that, that actively encourage uh, violent activity. They actively encourage protests when Justice Kavanaugh is out eating dinner. Uh, these are the things that we have to stand up as Republicans and Democrats and condemn, because what it leads to, it leads to exactly what we saw in New York last night with my friend Lee Zeldin. You saw a deranged individual get up on stage and try to stab him. You know, if there was even a thought of a stabbing for some of my Democratic colleagues, Speaker Pelosi would have Capitol Police security details around any member of Congress. And Lee Zeldin, if, if things were fair in and around the Capitol complex, Lee Zeldin would have a, a security detail from the Capitol Police coming to New York to protect him tonight. Yeah, and you know, Congressman, the, the Capitol Hill is basically its own jurisdiction, and my concern is that Capitol Hill is going to start getting the blue city treatment. You know, so often with, with progressive DAs, I've seen it firsthand here in Los Angeles, but San Francisco, Baltimore, Philadelphia, the list goes on and on of cities where you have law enforcement that's been hamstrung. And they can arrest all they want, but if you don't have someone prosecute, what's the point? And I feel like the same thing, uh, it, it pans out here, because if Capitol Police arrest them, I mean, what's the point if they're not going to prosecute? Yeah, you're talking right about the Colbert Nine. Uh, there is a two-tiered system of justice in D.C. when it comes to prosecutions. You know, the best message that could have been sent to the entire nation would have been to hold the Colbert Nine accountable because the Capitol Police arrested these individuals after telling them numerous times, don't come back. It's pretty tough to get arrested in a House office building. You have to, you have to do something pretty egregious like they did. But for prosecutors to actually deny the chief and the Capitol Police the respect to prosecute those individuals, it puts the police again in a very bad situation. And those brave officers, they weren't set up for success leading up to and on January 6th. We know that from already bipartisan investigations and, and the prosecutors are hamstringing the police even more on Capitol Hill. Yeah, I'm really concerned about that. We had Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene on last night. She told us the most recent episode where I guess uh, Congresswoman Zoe Lofgren got the House superintendent or building superintendent to take down a poster, throw it in there. There seems to be this uh, continuation of this theme, which is there's one rules for Democrats, one rules for Republicans. There are lots of Democrats that have posters outside their office. How concerned are you that there's a double standard even on something as small as a poster outside a congressional office? Well, it just shows you the feckless leadership of the Democrats in Congress right now. I mean, hey, hey, rules have been in place in the House 
since 2008. I mean, we're talking 14 years. All you have to do is enforce them. I mean, look, I, I don't have any compassion for anyone who makes the house office buildings look like a fraternity house or a sorority house. I mean, look, I've got a couple of signs up outside of my office, one that I hire veterans, another one thanking our Capitol Police. I'm happy to move those signs inside if there was going to be enforcement of, of the existing rules. But Speaker Pelosi and the Democrats have decided to allow craziness like post-it notes outside of AOC's office, and then they want to selectively enforce outside of Republicans. Look, I think they should actually take them all down. I think they should enforce the rules, Republicans and Democrats, and then we can start making Capitol Hill look a little more professional. That sounds good. Yeah, absolutely. Congressman, with respect to security at the Capitol, you know, there were there were so many factions and entities and people who had prior knowledge that there might be something brewing on January 6th. And John has reported on so much of this, the security concerns that led up to that. Uh, and none of that is really getting talked about. Of course, any questions about that have been banned from the January 6th committee. No questions whatsoever. Um, if Republicans take back the House in November, what do you think are some of those things that are going to come to light as you guys start a new Congress in January? Well, I certainly believe that you're going to see uh, a lot of oversight when it comes to security. And that's what the House administration has oversight of, of the Capitol security complex. And in the end, um, the Democrats who are in leadership right now, who are in the majority, are not exercising that oversight responsibility. As, as John and, and Amanda, you and I, have, all of us have talked, I, I got a briefing on January 5th because of my position on the committee. And there was nothing in that briefing that led me to believe that we would witness what I saw on January 6th. And we now know through evidence that the Capitol was going to be under attack due to FBI tips coming from the Norfolk office to the Capitol Police Intelligence Division. Heck, that, that information, according to testimony in the Senate, wasn't even given to this Capitol Police chief at the time. These are the things that we have to correct. That's why oversight's so important, and Republicans will exercise that oversight for sure. And you've been doing a lot of that, even in the absence of cooperation for the Democrats. I mean, some of the evidence that you've put together really gives us a much clearer picture. As you look at the department on January 5th, what do you see as some of the leadership failures? Is it at the department level, the deputy chief level? Does it go up to the political managers that were managing the department, in some cases getting in the way of the department? Yeah, the biggest lie that's told on Capitol Hill right now is that, is that the security apparatus isn't political at all. I mean, really, the Capitol Police Board is made up of two political appointees, and the one in the House is the House Sergeant at Arms, appointed directly by the Speaker of the House. And we have evidence. Evidence was shown in, in different hearings that have, that have already taken place since January 6th that there is a two-tiered system of, of approval, and it's the majority. It's Speaker Pelosi's team approving security decisions before they're made, not telling us on the Republican side, and frankly, that's why we have to have answers. That's why we have to have oversight. We need to make sure that the Capitol is prepared every day, just like the baseball game this coming week is going to be prepared. It's going to be, in my opinion, probably one of the safest places in America that night. 
Yeah, I certainly hope so, because I think either me or one of our other reporters is going to be on the (laughs) ground for that. But I wanted to uh, hammer in a little bit more on John's reporting. We have been countering with reporting throughout the duration of this January 6th committee, and the latest that John put out is that President Trump told General Mark Milley to make sure that January 6th uh, was a safe event. Does that effectively nullify all of these televised hearings? Look, I, I was an original appointee of the January 6th Select Committee. And then Speaker Pelosi decided to do the unprecedented uh, the unprecedented effort to kick Republicans off of the committee. And we knew it was going to be a sham. Look, I don't care what anybody says. This is exactly the committee that Speaker Pelosi wanted, which is why I introduced a bipartisan commission bill that every Republican back in January voted for during a procedural vote. This would have been a much better commission that would have been fair. We would have gotten to the bottom of the lack of security posture. But in the end, this is always going to be a one-sided committee. They're not asking the right questions. And John and Amanda, you both have been on on this since the beginning, and you're dead on. Well, sir, we couldn't have done it without the good work that you and your staff did. You've been able to force things out that no one else could get out of that Congress. And we want to thank you for that. And thank you for joining us tonight. Great honor to have you on. Thank you both. Take care. All right, folks, we'll take a quick commercial break. When I come back, Amanda and I are going to sit down with the Attorney General of Indiana, Todd Rakita. There's a lot going on there. Immigration, a big rape case, abortion, and a big mall shooting that was prevented. We'll have that right after the commercial break. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Our next guest is someone who has had a lot of news coming out of his state, and he's here to comment on as many stories as we can get to. Indiana Attorney General Todd Rokita, it's a pleasure to have you back on with us. Great to be back with you guys. And we have an update, I believe, since we've had you on. The 27-year-old illegal immigrant uh, who who admitted twice, I believe, to the rape of a 10-year-old girl who then had to travel out of state for an abortion. He has been indicted. Uh, There are multiple tragedies here, obviously, the 10-year-old being raped. But I think that it also highlights something that many Americans have grown increasingly more concerned about, which is, uh, you know, criminal offending illegal immigrants crossing our border and reaching states like yours, which are not border state border states. You know, that's exactly right. There are not only are there tragedies, multiple tragedies with this story, they're horrors, horrors. And and I'm happy to get to at least a few of them. And, And you bring up the one horror, which is 
this illegal immigration. We're all border states now. Um, I've been to the border now three times. We've talked about it before. Uh, again, as a non-border state attorney general, uh, because the fact of the matter is, within 48 hours of this illegal, these illegal crossings, uh, these people can be in Indiana with the fentanyl, with the sex trafficking, ra uh, uh, raising our crime rates. Um, you know, a lot of the, the, the images that we see on TV uh, or these families surrendering, I mean, that's one thing, uh, but it's what you don't see. And that's the single males crossing our border uh, to cause harm. Now, they don't wanna be seen. They escape border patrol. Uh, Greg Abbott's doing a great job uh, and his Texas Rangers and others are as well, but a lot of people uh, fall, don't, don't get caught in that net. And so that's why these non-border states like Indiana, you know, frankly need to step up as I've asked our state to do. Again, I filed now three lawsuits in this uh, immigration um, uh, matter, including being uh, one of the country's first non-border states single standing suit uh, to collect damages. And so that's what we're up against there. Now you add this um, abortion story, and and I you know I don't know when this likely illegal immigrant came into the country or not, but it's not an isolated incident. This is happening continuously. I guess is the point. Mm -hmm. um, and 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 we have got to do something uh, to stop it. Yeah, it's a remarkable story, and you have a lot of issues to apply in your state on this. You've got a doctor that was involved in this. Where do you think this ends up? When we get total visibility, the American public sees, all right, we have a man who committed a crime, uh, a 10-year-old who was facilitated with abortion. Where do you think this story will ultimately end up for the American public? You know, it's absolutely horrific what happened to this little girl. And, and I, I, it's hard to fathom. It's hard to imagine. Um, but here's who isn't the victim. Here's who is not the victim. It's that doctor. Uh, this pro-abortionist physician who has, uh, who's been in the news a lot, has been in the news historically, um, reporting issues, all that kind of thing along the way, now uh, performs an abortion on a 10-year-old and proceeds to the Indianapolis Star to further a pro-abortion narrative using that little girl. That's the problem here, one of the many problems. The last thing you call a person like that who does that to a 10-year-old to further her ideology, the last thing you call her is a victim. So we're going to look at that. We're going to look into that now because you do something like that, you, you perform a procedure like that. Uh, I want to see that the law has been followed to the letter. And we're going to take as long as we need to take to make sure that that happened. Um, there's been uh, a copy circulated in the news media about a document that she filed. We want to see the certified document. We want to make sure that it's accurate and has been filed with the Department of Health. There are child abuse reporting requirements uh, that we're going to uh, verify have been followed. Uh, there's privacy, state and federal privacy uh, law potential violations here. And as much as I appreciate 
her employer saying that she didn't violate HIPAA, for example, it, their opinion really doesn't matter. Uh, as one of the agencies that enforces privacy laws here in the state, um, our investigative conclusions do matter. And mm -hmm. we're going to get them and we're going it, it, to, how, how quickly this ends depends on the cooperation of the other agencies, uh, employers, and individuals involved. Attorney General, I want to switch gears to the Second Amendment. Your state has become very gun friendly uh, in, during your tenure, which is a wonderful thing. Uh, I want to talk about constitutional carry gun law that took effect on July 1st. Also, the Gun Owners Bill of Rights. Talk to us about that, please. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, so, yeah, July 1st, Indiana became the latest in what is now a long list of states um, uh, that, that say, you know what, the Second Amendment says we can carry. And so we are. Uh, of course, there's some uh, reasonable exceptions to that, you know, felonies and those adjudicated uh, to not be able to hold a, ha have a gun. They still can. Uh, private businesses can still have their own rules and all that. But by and large, Indiana is like uh, 20, what, five other states now, uh, a constitutional carry state. So I wanted to publish, like we, I think we talked about on, on your show before, the Parents' Bill of Rights, so that, you know, remember when, and we still have these issues, parents going into school board meetings uh, to raise their kids by getting involved in their education, right? So that, which is part of raising a family. We wanted them to go in there um, uh, with confidence that they knew what they could do, can't do, what the laws were and weren't. So we published the Parents' Bill of Rights in that regard. Well, now we have the Gun Owners' Bill of Rights. Uh, I want every uh, Hoosier citizen and gun owner to know, you know, what they can do, what they can't, what constitutional carry means, what it doesn't, um, what, uh, you know, what does concealed carry mean, what does open carry mean, all those things, uh, because more and more people, uh, thankfully, are becoming gun, gun owners. And that's a good thing, because at the end of the day, as our founding fathers knew, the only thing that's going to keep liberty, which is freedom combined with responsibility is if we are armed. Uh, the only thing that stops a bad person with a gun is a good person with a gun. Uh, the only thing that stops ultimately uh, uh, out of control, tyrannical government that's overthrowing our republic are, is us armed. And our founders understood that. Indiana now manifests that. And this Gun Owners Bill of Rights gives um, gun owners the confidence to know, at least in the state of Indiana, um, what they can do and what they can't. But it's also a resource for people outside the state, at least to uh, to consult. So if you go to our website, you mm -hmm. can find an electronic copy there. Yeah, that's going to be big. A lot of people are going to be cheering that on. Uh, there was a poll out the other day that said more Americans believe an armed civilian is more likely to stop a mass shooting than police being able to arrive in time. You just had an incident in your state at a mall where a heroic man took down a mass shooter it kind of validates the whole idea of open constitutional carry. What happened there? We got about 90 seconds left. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Then um, I must've been really long this segment. So uh, <laughs> this, this man who's really a kid, he's 22 years old. I think it was the last thing I, I saw uh, within 15 seconds of, of the shooter opening fire in a mall on a Saturday night uh, took, uh, took the shooter down and within, again, within 15 seconds, Eight out of the 10 shots were hits. Um, he had a, the, the hero had his girlfriend with him. They were on a date. Uh, and as is my security details telling me, who's inside knowledge on this, as 
that hero was taking down the shooter with a gun in one hand. He was using his other hand to shoo people out the door to an exit. That's the wherewithal this 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 young man had. Again, taking taking this action within 15 seconds. That's what yeah. happens when you have a trained citizen with a gun protecting us. That's right. When seconds matter, cops are minutes away. Just because you have a fire station down the street doesn't mean you don't have a fire extinguisher in your house. And we are very appreciative of you, Attorney General, coming on with us. And we will have you back on very soon. All right, folks, we take a quick commercial break. When we come back, more interviews, more news, more exclusive insights. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Congresswoman Margie Taylor Green. Great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me on, John. I wish we were having you on on uh, more pleasant circumstances. There's a lot of, uh, I would call it, sophomoric behavior that the Democrats and liberals are doing in what should be the hallowed halls of Congress. I want to start with your reaction. When you see what um, Colbert's team was doing, obviously it was loud and boisterous enough that it made a Democratic staffer call the police. They felt unsafe. But when you see them targeting your poster, your messages, your faith, your gender. What's your reaction to that? My reaction is, is the way they're treating me is exactly the way they treat the American people. You see, I'm just an average, regular person, a normal American that just happened to run for Congress and got elected. And I hold the same views that most Americans hold. You know, it's my Christian faith that there's only two genders, male and female. I'm very much outspoken and against this this whole attack on children trying to brainwash them, groom them into thinking they can change their gender. I believe we need to protect children and leave them alone. But I also hold these beliefs because I'm a Christian. These are my religious views. And I'm a woman. I'm standing up in defense of women who are having our rights completely erased by by men who call themselves women, coming in our bathrooms, our sports, even places like jail and, and rape crisis centers. And, and I think it's so important for us to stand up against this because it is a fundamental truth. If we can't demand the be- demand to defend the basic truth that there's only two genders, then where are we in society? We're completely lost. Now, the attacks on me for doing this are absolutely unreal. It's, it's mind boggling. 
You see, Jake Auchincloss employs his chief of staff, Tim Hysom. Tim Hysom is the one Capitol Police caught on camera and arrested for vandalizing my sign, attacking my religion and attacking my gender. But then it was the Department of Justice that refuses to prosecute him. And then what did we have? Stephen Colbert sending his film crew into our office buildings. And he was let in by Democrat staff and Tim Hysom and Jake Auchincloss's office. And we're also told by Adam Schiff, these guys came in here and again, the Capitol Police arrested them and removed them from our office buildings. We know who they were targeting. They're caught on camera targeting me, targeting my sign that says there's only two genders, male and female. But they were also targeting Kevin McCarthy, Jim Jordan, Lauren Boebert. They were all coming after us and Stephen Colbert sent them. But yet there's no accountability and no one is being prosecuted. And at the same time, John, here they are going after President Trump and many other Republicans claiming that there was an organized effort on January 6th when we all know there wasn't. Yeah, it's incredible to see. And I think John used the perfect word, sophomoric. I I feel like I'm watching an episode of Punked and Ashton Kutcher is gonna come out at some point. I Maybe my vision is skewed, but I feel like members of Congress, including these Democrats, go to work on Capitol Hill to do a job, uh, matters pertaining to, I don't know, governing the American people or something like that. Are we paying them too much? Because it seems like there's a lot of free time on their hands. Well, unfortunately, there's there's just too much insanity and failure happening in Congress. Yes, that's why I ran for Congress. Very much upset about the debt. We're now over 30 trillion dollars in debt. Of course, I wanted to defend all of our freedoms, but the Democrats are too busy tearing those down. Inflation is out of control. Gas prices no one can afford. Our border, I mean, it's like what border at this point? It's just invaded every single day. And it's failure after failure after failure. And you're right, Amanda. In Congress, we should be doing good things for the American people with their tax dollars. But instead, they are so busy attacking fundamental truth, like the fact that there's only two genders, male and female. They're attacking women and children. Here they are doing everything they can to hurt Americans and make life more difficult. And and while they're doing it, they're playing games. You see, here's what's so frustrating to me is while they put up their signs or their flags with their beliefs and we respect them, we don't touch them and we never would. We would never take them off the wall. They will attack me in doing these things. Just yesterday, It was Zoe Lofgren sent the superintendent of my office building to take down another sign off of the wall outside my office without even telling us. And it was a sign that I had put up of the arrest warrant of Tim Hysom because that man still has his job. He still works for Congressman Jake Auchincloss. He's still there. He is not being prosecuted. And I very much feel threatened by all of that. I do not feel safe. I, I, I've asked for, for protection over and over again because of how many death threats I have. And the sergeant in arms does not pr- give me protection like they do the Democrat women. So it's a two tier justice system. And, and the reason why it's important to see this, even though it's over signs, it's important to see it because this is how the Democrats view regular Americans, Christians who share, share and hold these beliefs. And this is the same way they would treat them the way they're treating me is the way they would treat them. And it's absolutely appalling. And it's a dangerous place to work. 
I want to make sure I understand what you just told us. A chairwoman of a House committee ordered someone to take down a free speech poster. By the way, it's a public document, right? It's a police report of the man who previously was arrested. They had that taken down, thrown into the garbage in the men's restroom. When you see these three things, you see Colbert, you see what uh, Heisem did. Now you see what Zolofkin done. Are they creating a hostile work environment for you? Absolutely. They're creating an incredibly hostile work environment. They're creating a, a workplace environment for me. And they have the entire time where I don't feel safe. I'm, I'm threatened based on my gender that I'm a woman. And they're attacking my religion, my Christianity, my faith. And that those are all protected things. And at the same time, no one is held accountable. The Capitol Police are doing a great job. They arrested Tim Heisen when they caught him on camera doing these things. But it was the Department of Justice that won't prosecute. The Capitol Police again found out who it was that took the sign off the wall just yesterday. But again, there's no accountability. And so, yes, this is this is not the kind of place that I feel safe in. I, I feel threatened completely because these people have an office and it's only a few floors above my office in the same building. These are people I walk by every single day. And they do not respect my beliefs and they don't respect me and they don't respect the American people. Congresswoman, I think it's very apt and proper to hammer that dichotomy between the Colbert Nine and January 6 protesters. Um, can lawyers defending January 6 protesters use what I think we can call now the Colbert precedent uh, in future litigation? Is this something that they can cite? Uh, in, in the name of, of justice for their defendants? Possibly. I think they should. I mean, we know President Trump told people to to march to the Capitol peacefully and patriotically and make your voices heard. But Stephen Colbert sent people into the Capitol in our office building. So there's a major difference there. So, yeah, that should make sense in, in a court hearing. I mean, there's a 69 year old cancer patient that got sentenced to two months in jail because she walked into the Capitol building for five minutes and then turned around and walked back out. But yet here we have the film crew that was that was going all over our office building. And they were so loud that Democrat staffers were shocked at what they were doing and actually called the Capitol Police and reported it. So, Amanda, I think that's a very good point. And I, I, it's, it's just a it's a two tier justice system. And it sh it, it's so silly, all these things, but it's a two tier justice system. And what's the reflection of what happens inside our hallways is exactly the same way the American people are being treated all over the country. And it's wrong. Yeah, it's the elitist swamp. That's exactly what it is. Well, Congresswoman, we're going to stay on top of these stories. There's a lot more to be found out. Uh, we're not going to stop reporting till we get all the truth. I want to thank you for spending time with us and telling us these horrible things that are going on. We got to get the public uh, aware of them. Thank you. Well, that's about all the time we have. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, more interviews from my favorite show, Just the News, Not Noise, right after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Welcome back, everybody. Joining us again is Chad Wolf, former Secretary of Homeland Security, uh, Acting Secretary and Executive Director of America First Policy Institute. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. Okay, well, the 45th president, he is heading back to his old stomping ground. He is headlining the first AFPI summit in Washington, D.C. Wanted to get your take on that. What do you expect to hear from him at this summit? Well, we're going to we're going to hear from a number of individuals during the two day summit, including uh, the former president, really about a vision going forward uh, for the American people, which starts obviously with America first policies across the board. Uh, so we're hopeful that it's a forward leaning speech that uh, the president, former president will give um, about a vision for the future. Uh, again, putting Americans first and on a lot of the different challenges that we're seeing today under Joe Biden's watch. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, Mr. Secretary, because uh, the Democrats and the mainstream media, they try to take the America first agenda and they say it's an isolationist agenda, but it's anything but the record of the Trump administration when you were there. Well, there was enormous engagement in the world, whether it was giving Ukraine the sort of weaponry they never got from the Obama administration uh, or uh, negotiating the Abraham, Abraham Accords. How do Republicans counter this false narrative that somehow Republicans stand for isolationism when they're anything but? Well, I think you're right, John. Look, this is a tired talking point from the left, which says if you're for America first and somehow you want to go alone, uh, that you're for this isolationist approach. And it's simply not the case. Uh, you know, what President Trump did uh, during the four years, not only on foreign policy, but a variety of different issues, including homeland security, was to ask those tough questions, to, co- to, uh, to really go against the conventional wisdom. And sometimes that makes that means making some very difficult choices, but that doesn't mean necessarily that you're going it alone. But you, you know, when you're talking about foreign policy, he wants to make sure if you're talking about NATO that other countries are pay, are paying their fair share. That doesn't necessarily mean that he's against NATO, against you know decades and decades of established policy. You know, the swamp in D.C. will will get to work very quickly and say and try to paint you. In, in different lights and, and with different characterizations that aren't true, that aren't accurate. So what we spend our time at AFPI doing is, is actually debunking a lot of those myths and really talking about the policies that matter to the American people and how what we're doing benefits them first and foremost uh, across all policy areas. Great point. Yeah, it's amazing how quickly the wheels of government move when they are trying to stomp out opposition. It's yeah. incredible to see. I wanted to ask you, uh, my esteemed co-host put out an article that made waves in media 21 confirmed irregularities and illegalities in the 2020 election. We are less than four months out from midterm elections. A lot of people are still concerned that these irregularities and illegalities have not been rectified going into that election. I wanted to get your take on that. Well, I think a lot of what we've seen over the past uh, 17 months, a lot of it has been done in individual states. 
so if you just look at, you know, sort of the, the national politics or either federal legislation, I think one could say, yeah, you know, not a lot has been done and maybe we still have some some concerns. But a lot of the work that that AFPI and others are doing is really at the state level, whether it's in the state of Pennsylvania or Arizona or Wisconsin and in many other states to try to address some of the irregularities that we saw and some of the the new measures that we saw during the 2020 elections that didn't feel right, didn't look right, and, and perhaps uh, you know went against some of the state laws that we saw out there as well. So I think we've made a lot of progress over the the last 16 or 17 months uh, since that election. I think there's still more work to be done, uh, but I think the American people, at least in, in certain states, can say um, you know certain measures have been addressed to uh, to to really look forward uh, to making sure that those elections are safe, they're secure, and that every vote that is cast is counted. Yeah, that's what any American really wants. It's funny, the debate is usually about anything but what the Americans want. That's why when you say it, 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 you see a lot of nodding heads. I want to turn to an issue that you played such an important role on. You secured our border with the president in ways that we hadn't seen. We had historic, low, illegal immigration. Then Joe Biden came and he opened up uh, the borders in ways that we haven't seen in a very long time. Uh, and this weekend, they released a report on the Evaldi uh, police response to that terrible school shooting. And one of the findings was that the constant dealing of the local police department with getaways, with uh, speeding cars, uh, trying to human traffic people through the town, distracted the police and tired the police out so much that it was a contributing factor to the poor response that police gave that shooting today. When you hear things like that, uh, do you think the American people are beginning to understand that the border has the open border has such wide implications for America? Well, it's such a great point. You know, when we talk about the border, sometimes you can get lost in the numbers uh, that are coming across that border every day and every month. And, and what we don't talk enough about, which is to your point, John, is that law enforcement uh, aspect of, of the border. And if you have police departments that are now devoting a lot of time and attention into areas where they hadn't before because the federal government is refusing to do their job, then that means other things that those police departments usually do on a day in and day out basis are starting to suffer. And so if you have something going on, or you have other incidents across that border, they're not going to be able to focus their law enforcement resources and efforts and their limited resources. Uh, along those those local threats and local incidents because they're having to chase individuals. They're having to address the human trafficking and the human smuggling and le- illegal narcotics that are coming across that border. And they're having to do the job that, frankly, the federal government needs to be doing more of and more effectively. Um, and so it's a resource drain on those local police departments and public safety officials. And unfortunately, we've seen this now for the past over the past year. Um, and so every month, every week, there's another example of, as you indicated, the, the wide ranging effects of this crisis on the border. It doesn't just happen and it doesn't it's not just the individuals crossing that border, but it's everything that goes around that, uh, including what you what you outline there as far as, the, you know, the events in Uvalde. Yeah. 
affects everyone. Uh, Mr. Secretary, I wanted to stay on this border topic. Senator Ted Cruz, along with a contingent of other elected officials, went down to the border. Uh, they visited the Rio, RGV, the Rio Grande Valley, and, and checked out what was happening there. And according to Senator Ted Cruz, he said that it rises to dereliction of duty. We know that the federal government, one of their main priorities and jobs is to protect our border. Do you agree with Senator Cruz that it rises to that level of dereliction of duty? I believe it does at this point because it's not, uh, it's, it's all, it's, it's a planned strategy. Uh, we're now into this for almost 17 months um, and we see no change in course. And so it's one thing for them to say, well, you know, our policies didn't have the, the effect that they thought they did. We need to change course. They're not changing course. We now have four or five months, actually six months of the Biden administration where you have over 200,000 illegal apprehensions in one month. You have to go all the way back to March of 2000 to find another month in our records that reached over 200,000. But yet we have five months of that under the Biden administration. And now, you know, it, it, the numbers came down a little bit in June uh, from 230,000 to 207,000. And the, the Biden administration is trying to claim success, saying, oh, the numbers are decreasing. Well, this is the equivalent that if you, you know, get caught speeding in a, a school zone at 100 miles an hour for four months in a row, but yet this month you get caught speeding only doing 90, that somehow that that's an improvement. It's dangerous uh, and it's, in, it's really endangering a lot of Americans along that border. They've got no solution. They've got no strategy uh, and, and things really need to change. Yeah, and one of the things I love about what you're doing at the America First Policy Institute is you're not just identifying the problems, you're working on the next round of solutions. We've got about a minute left. Right. Can you give us a quick uh, sense of what might be on the table for fixing this border situation that Joe Biden has made so bad? Well, absolutely. Look, we, we left him a playbook at the end of the Trump administration. I've said it again. They put it in the trash, unfortunately. But, you know, when you look at solutions, you don't need to go back and reinvent the wheel. You need to go back to proven solutions, proven law enforcement solutions that work, that deter the illegal behavior, that allow individuals that really need asylum to get asylum quicker than they ever have before. And that's what we put in place. And so you can go back. They should be going back to revisit those policies. Look, if they want to make them their own, if they want to rename them and call them the Biden administration's asylum policies, that's fine. At the end of the day, what we need on the border is solutions that work. And uh, we gave them that during the Trump administration. Oh, thanks a lot, Amanda, for joining me on this. What a great interview. I learned a lot. We're going to be right back with more things just like this right after the commercial break. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. 
The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. All right, folks, thanks for listening in on a Sunday and sharing your weekend. Thanks for listening to yesterday's special edition. I was so glad to do that. It was great to have Mark Meadows and my good friend Morgan Otega sound so you can hear from them. We've got good content seven days a week sometimes, and we want to share it with you whenever we have it. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. May God bless you, and may God bless this extraordinary country, the United States. You've been listening to John Solomon Reports, the podcast from justthenews.com, where, by the way, we always got you covered with breaking news and enterprise 24-7 every week. All right. God bless. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, expert politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey.